डाल बिगारे चार दिन झूम बिगारे अपना हर दर्द छुपा के नाचे और सब गुण जाने मुख पे घूंघट डाले प्रेम दो मटवाने आज कोई चला इस जिके बयान Somebody talked about this actually, I forgot who it was, but they were, they were talking exactly the formula of a successful album, had to have a patriotic song, had to have a folksy song, and had to have a Punjabi song for it to be uh, you know, accepted widely. Was that like a spoof? skit or something no no it wasn't a school it was one of the artists i forgot i, I was uh, watching an interview a long time ago and that's that's what it was but yeah i mean the formula works obviously yeah so uh the thing with nuri was i think we found about it more in late 90s and not so much uh 2002 ish where um, generation two because of that seattle thing i was talking about mm. last time then you know because that's when i got i really started listening to Perjan and nirvana late 90s even though you know around the corner everybody was listening to it at that right time in the early 90s. I didn't catch on to him until late 90s. But then, um, it, you know, we got hooked on it. And now there's a guy in Pakistan with a band named Coven, an underground band, Coven, that was uh, that was doing the Seattle-type sound. And I actually was able to get some tracks of Coven. And uh, I think barring the production, um, lacking the production uh, capabilities of this, it, like the lyrics, the, the vocals were kind of hard to understand and stuff. I think if all of those things were were good, then it would be much uh, easier to listen to. But it was still excellent uh, piece of work, and um, we saw Ali Noor come out of that. So Ali Noor was part of Coven. Yeah, he was initially. Oh, I think he was. I didn't know that. I don't know if he was like a full time lead singer or maybe he did a couple of songs. Hmm. But he does come from there. So. Um, yeah, I remember they. Um, I don't know if they did it on purpose back in the Napster days, but there was a Mother Love Bone song, Shangri-La, I think. And yeah, they had uh, put Cohen's name on it and let everybody download it. So people would be like, "Okay, it's a similar sound. Let's download more of their songs." Yeah, but, yeah, but it was uh, it was Shangri-La by Mother Love Bone. <laughs> I think I think we downloaded it as a, as a whole album, and like half the songs were Mother Love Bone and half yeah. of them were Cohen. So they were going for that yeah. grunge, you know. They, they were definitely into that grunge scene and the grunge sound. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they actually started. Nuri was so I like you mentioned about Coven, but just for some clarification. Uh, they actually started seven years before their first debut album of Sunoke Mehu Jawan. Seven um, years, wow. Yeah, uh, which came in 2003. So before that, Ali Noor and Muhammad Ali Jafri, who was another band member of Nuri originally, they had this band Coven, which released an EP called Not In Your World. 
Um, and Nuri was originally known for their live acts. Um, and even before that, I think there I was mean, some... even before that, there was that video right. of Ali Nuri like, jumping on top of the bed, right? Like, like he was like 14 years old and just like doing a bunch oh, of covers. I that. Really? Like behind the scenes videos of Janoon recording the live, uh, not a live album, but one of their studio albums. Yep. And you saw like a teenage Ali Nuri just sitting there in the corner. Are you talking about the uh, the Parwaz recording sessions I think so. that came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Ali Nuri was in there. Yeah. So what, like 97, 98 then? Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, because Parwaz came out in 99. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I guess he's been there for a while. I mean, it seems I think like one of the things that I've come to appreciate about Nudie, well, for, first of all, I think they kind of hit it big, uh, precisely because they do have a more poppy sound, but also because the, the vocals have always been very good, right? And let's be honest, yeah. I mean, in, in oh, Desi yeah. culture, Desi culture amongst the Desi audience, I think vocals are always appreciated, and if they're if they're particularly good, I think that's why Junaid Jimshev and Vital Signs hit it so big. Um but just their like sort of subject matter. I mean, I know in previous podcasts we've said things like they just add a bunch of you know maybe five different words and they just put them together somehow and arrange them. But I mean, you know, you had um, uh, really deep sort of like topics, right? I mean, you had um, domestic violence issues. You had uh, really sort of class issues. You had um, issues about like the soul and sort of how you like um, are, are sort of you know whether whether like you're carrying yourself with humility. Um, or, or not in this world. Uh, and then don't don't yeah. forget, like Ali Hamza went on to write one of the most popular Coke Studio songs, Ek Alif. Right. That so yeah. that came yes. out of Nuri. Yeah. You know that yeah. that's still from the first season, not the first season, uh, third third or fourth yeah. season. And I would not classify that really as a Sufiana song. It's more like an earthy sort of like it's folksy, very indigenous folksy yeah, yeah. like song that is also devotional at the same exactly. time. Exactly. Right? See, that's my that's my what's been okay. my frustration with Nuri that for sure. If, but it's not if like they want to be, whenever they try to be artistic, there's really nobody better than them. So Ekalif is a big example. What, but what they want to be childish and don't care, and put those four uh, forward lyrics and songs, then there's nobody stopping. And that's what you have to say. They're very so versatile, it, right? It I may mean, actually be a respectable thing. Like they're just they just own their stuff. Like they own their ish. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. And uh, you know you'll you like them because they're just so freaking good. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, the the art is in the eye of the beholder, or the in the ear of the beholder for for our case. But that's Nuri. At that time, they needed to write an album like Sunu Kemaihon Jawan, and and they did. But remember, leading up to Sunu Kemaihon Jawan, they did release several tracks, which included Uncha. Now, yes. I, I think Uncha is just a very deep, you know, it's a mature song, on, very it's mature, a very song mature song on society and people, <clears throat> yeah. and you know how judging we are, and you know, glass houses, class, and classism, and all yeah. sorts of different things. So yeah, that. I mean, it's not like Nuri just came on a bunch of kids and they're writing about youthfulness and being happy. They're, they're not. And I mean, so, I, I, was a, I was a teenager at the time or like sort of early 20s and I remember... It must have worked for you. It, it, well, it, well, it did in the sense that whenever I'd go back to Pakistan, like I would see that contrast so heavily. Um, I think obviously you see class issues sort of all over, but you do see them in a very apparent way when you walk around in Pakistan. And so when you listen to those lyrics, you're sort of like, wow, I mean, this really hits, right, on a very sort of, like, political level. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you have to applaud them. And even in their newest album in 2015, right, I mean, they had the Hey Ya sort of, like, anthem songs, mm -hmm. but then they also had, like, mm -hmm. some really hard-hitting, like, deeper songs. Yep. Um, probably forget the titles well, of those. Like, like, it was the Ali Azmat portion in Punjabi yeah, that was around for a while. Where, where Ali Hamza is reciting Fez Ahmed Fez's yeah, uh, exactly, poetry yeah. stanzas. And yeah. the intro song, Ek Tabacha. Ek Tabacha, yeah. That's, I mean, that song is pretty... Yeah, I know, but uh, I guess before you even go, to that specific portion of their career, even their timeline altogether, maybe we can just circle back on Sunoke Mimujavan as like an album altogether because it really was that big of like a landmark, I guess, when it comes to that generation of Pakistani music. Um, and I think that was just an album that took like the entire Pakistan by storm, really, or even beyond that for people in the diaspora. 
Because it was kind of, if you really think about it, is the hallmark pop rock album for Pakistani When music. there was no concept of pop rock, and especially for like it, yeah. teeny bopper, high school prom rock that, you know, that a lot of kids in the U.S. were into with Weezer and Bleak uh, yeah, 182 and stuff. And not to mention the production quality, you know, if, if you look at the timeline of Pakistani music production, album production, uh, with Junoon's Inkalab, I, I think, probably being on the forefront or the dividing line between old school and new school. And then, you know, you had uh, uh, Nuri with excellent production quality and then Otto and all these other bands where they're not using uh, synthesized drums anymore, actual live recording studios and, you know, having legit equipment to, to do all this. So Nuri was one of the forefronts on those as well, where they had a very good quality, quality produced album. And, and you know, I mentioned this, but special shout out to the fact that they had Gumby as a drummer, who is a Goanese Christian from Karachi, and just sort of like, in many ways, I think paved the path for a lot of, because I think there's actually a couple of drummers who, who have came through just on recent iterations of Pepsi Battle of the Bands, who are actually also from the same sort of like Christian Karachi community, yeah. who have taken up like percussions, and I'm not saying that they And they, they all happen to start with Nuri somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Remember uh, Gumby's opening on Dilki Kusam, yeah. the drums on that, it just it takes it to yeah. another level. So, I mean, uh, personally, uh, I'm inspired, I'm a, I'm a drummer, and I'm heavily inspired by Gumby. Gumby's one of my favorite, favorite drummers. And talk about giving back like we were from our previous episode. He yeah. did do a series with the U-Phone. U-Phone, uh, U-Phone Records. They did yeah. Youth Records, and that was yeah. Gumby trying to help these young up-and-coming So artists. was that a Gumby production? That, I don't, he was heavily part of it. I don't know if it was his production, was but part of it, yeah. he was the one producing all these artists, mm. these uh, you know college kids and stuff. And, and getting them going. But as a drummer, I can definitely say, you know, we, we I started playing Nuri on drums. That's how mm. I, I, so I was imitating Gumby right. without even knowing who Gumby yeah. was. I, yeah. I got to find out about him much later. And, you know, you find out that he actually played with uh, Vital Signs. He played with Junaid Jamshed. You, you play with the, you, There's videos on uh, big ones, on, on YouTube, you know, where they're playing in uh, England, I think. Asadem on the yeah. guitars, mm. Gumby's on drums. Uh, Shahi Hassan and Rohail Hayat and I mean that's a legendary stage right there that's an excellent video yeah. and then you know Malcolm Govius from Junoon who recorded on the Inkalab album yep. got to see yep. him live you know when he when he played at the yeah. House of Blues in Los Angeles yeah. so that was I mean all these things really inspired and, and once again I think Malcolm is, is also Christian uh, Christian community Karachi guy yeah. so there, there's a pattern here obviously so they're, they're doing something right. no like, it, uh, it's also um, Milestones that one yeah. band Milestones they had uh, Alan Smith who ended up playing for Garwa yeah, uh, Alan Smith now plays for Rocklight. I think there's a <laughs> there's a new band in town. Really? So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna use this uh, the Christian topic to segue into something. Shalom Xavier Shalom. and Fusion. Now why come? How don't we don't talk about Fusion Oof. enough? Are they? Why how come they're not on our radar as much as these other guys? I think Fusion kind of lost their brand after Shafkat left. Um, but you know, the the core of the music came from um, Shalom and what's his name. Uh, Keyboard guy. Emo. Emo, right? Those guys are the ones making the music and they're still making the same quality music, right? So that's all still there. And now their new singer is a quality singer. He is a very good quality singer. He's young and he can definitely, you know, get to Shafkat's level with, with much more practice. Right. And, and, you know, I, I, as a matter of fact, I think he's a better fit for the band uh, than Shafkat. Shafkat is probably better off on his own, especially when he went to India and yeah. he got some Bollywood contracts, then he was just, you know, okay. He's um, he's out there now. Yeah. He's flown, but uh, uh, I think this new guy, his name is Khurram. He is a phenomenal vocalist. He's a really good fit, and some of the new songs that they've produced with him are excellent songs. Um, Shalom is actually he came out as a guitarist when you know we already had the, like the top five, type top four or five guitarists of Pakistan, and he comes and he weaves his way 
and wedges his way right into that top five or six. And I don't know his history. Like, I don't know where he comes from. I, I just remember seeing him on some uh, Najm Shiaz music videos. That's about it. <laughs> but uh, he came in and he, he's phenomenal. So I, I think a lot of these guys, like we had a friend here who, who used to do session for... Uh, who used to do session for Junaid Jamshed and Vital Signs. Right. And he's living here now, and he's playing in the local band scene and everything over here, but he's in music videos for all these Vital Signs. He's in music video for Ali Heather. For Ali Heather, all these guys. I mean, so there was this core group of musicians that used to play with and support each other, play with each other, end up in music videos. And, you know, that's where some of them made it big, and others It does seem like a very small to. world, to be honest. I, mean, I, I think so. It's, it's not a very big I, sort I of, like, so. industry, especially when it comes to, like, the sort of pop rock. Right. Genre, but I, you know, another thing that I was thinking about, um, and I, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but <clears throat> they always uh, they were very fluid about sort of their Punjabi and their Urdu. Who was Nuri? Nuri, right? Nuri. Yeah, I mean, they're... I mean, Dubara, Pirse, Sony, Chardem, Mahiwan. Like, I mean, mm. but like you, you listen to it, and you were just sort of like, especially as like, I mean, I grew up as an Urdu speaker, and then didn't really actually understand Punjabi for like a long time. And... and there's no, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, the point is like, I don't think there was any band who did it, who did that in such a good way. There's no ambiguity that Nuri is from Lahore. Their right, Lahori identity is very strong. Yeah, it's in all over their music videos. Yeah. It's in what their I mean songs. is like, Bible 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 is a beautiful thing. Vital Sense was also from the heart of Bindi, right? Yeah. But yeah. they did not do Punjabi lyrics, as far as I know. Right. Yeah, incidentally, well, no, Vital Sense don't really Chanda, have any Punjabi Chanda songs. Chanda is not like a really... Chanda is a remake of a folk song, exactly. anyway, right? So, Chanda is not in Punjabi. It's not, it's not even Punjabi. Yeah, I think it's, it's a Swiss I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's mostly Urdu. It's mostly Urdu. Challa kehta khuda ya mujhe kyun is So, but that's the point, is that like, I was just thinking this out loud because I was thinking about what my favorite song is of them. And the Vata Perse, the acoustic version, is like my absolute favorite. Absolute favorite. Absolutely. And that was another thing. They were. I, I don't know if any other band was doing acoustic versions of the same songs on the mm. same album. They did two songs. I think they did. Uh, uh, what was their title song on Sunak Imam Jawan? Um, uh, no. Doom, doom, doom. Oh yeah. So they did a slow yeah. version of that too on the yeah. same album, and then they had a Dubara Pirsi. They did an acoustic version of right, that. Yeah. So that was a thing. And, and then Jume Sari Zami Yeah. So we emulated that when we did our EP as Project Twenty Six. We we put an acoustic version of our title song on there too. So yeah, that was inspired by all these. And you know, I think they are often accused as like of this sort of like thing of like oh you know the you know, just for frolicking in like a field of flowers and that's not true, I mean, I think, right? I mean, they, they did get really uh, deep into a lot of issues and, and I think I could respect that and I just think they're a very versatile band. Yeah, and then uh, they jump into, for a very long time. And later on you see Muncha comes out and you have Mere Log that comes out. You have even touched no. that, so. Yeah. Well, we so about I see a pattern here, by the way. Um, the whole series of Generation 2 bands the discussion is, seems to be centered more on Nuri than anything else. So can I assume that was your favorite band no, out of that whole thing? I mean, they were definitely uh, influential, probably one of the top most, but I wouldn't say, personally, I mean, that's a, a personal thing. I don't think they were my favorite. I would say Mizrab was definitely Ooh, on my top, top two. Uh, just that hard sound, that's what I always desired. Yeah, and that's, that, that, that just always hit me hard, you know, like songs, unknown songs like Muntazir uh, from mm -hmm. Mizrab's the second album. Uh, that was just that so song interesting about place. Faraz and Mizrab that Faraz played a lot for the first wave in the nineties. Yeah, and with you know he played a whole album with Collage, but Collage, then right. he didn't become his own you know uh, well-known figure until Mizrab's 
uh, Mazi Hal Mustaqbil comes in by what 2004 2005 I think or 2004 mm-hmm. right I actually remember getting my copy of it in the mail and I was newly married at that time so my wife was like what the hell is this guy into <laughs> it came in the mail because <laughs> you know what it so was- no, no, a funny thing about that Faraz Anwar actually went on an interview and people were like he's like just because I'm playing metal music does not mean I'm in a, like into devil worshipping <laughs> he had to go on national TV and justify that man I play metal but it's okay I don't worship the devil man <laughs> yeah actually Ari Bhai mentioned uh, the fact that he well, apparently it was like some video where he had like his yeah, guitar it was on one interview. side and like a John Amaz on the other. And, and, uh, maybe that was very deliberate, like, hey, make sure this gets on I mean, Talk about versatility, Faraz Anwar. I mean, you go from Mazi al-Mustaqbil to, right. uh, to uh, he was doing a uh, song for Sajjad Ali. He did songs for Sajjad Ali. No, no, what song did he do? He did Ujjalome. Ujjalome, right? Ujjalome is such a pop rock ballad. And then you have funny... Metal yeah, and then you have the Box on metal version. Compare those two songs yeah. from the same. Exact oh, there's a story track. behind that, by the way, on the internet. When uh, they released that song, I don't know. I think it was a rumor mill, but somebody uh, said that Rohel had was very upset about that. <laughs> and then uh, he pasted a comment about Rohel from Rohel, but who knows if if it was from him or not. Mm-hmm. And then Faraz and got pissed off at Rohel had apparently. <laughs> that uh, who the hell he does he think he is? <laughs> so I, I mean, I, it's. It was maybe these the, uh, these people were you know uh, lying and then saying that all oh, these guys. Are yeah, I mean the uh, Pakistanis we love to troll, so and mm. the internet's a, a bastion for that. So it was we good. are the best at memes. Yeah, <laughs> but you know if Mizrab also had Saadi Shami. That was they were touting that as the fastest BPM beats per minute song in all of Pakistani music history. I don't know if you guys ever heard oh, that song. Really? But no, it, I haven't. What yeah, Saadi Shami. Saadi Shami. Saadi Shami. Look it up. It was. I was like, what album is it from? It's not an album. It was a single. It was released after Maziat. Really? Yeah. And they're like, wow. this is the fastest BPM song in the history of Pakistan. It's a straight up metal, you know. Very, very, very fast paced Was it just like the, the Izhar song they did for cricket? No, no, it's even faster than that. It, it's, wow. it's, it's, a, it's a league of its own. It's, 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 it's not for the masses. That's why it came off as a single. No, Faraz still looks like a very young person. He doesn't, you know. He is. I mean, he was here in the States. He was touring, you know, on the East Coast playing just, you know, uh, music for at bars and stuff. And what are those reptilian people that don't age? Right. Right. Yeah, he's a chameleon for sure. He can, like, what he did for Collage, I mean, so you were talking about Collage. Collage had that, uh, their popular song, Fasla, right? Yeah. yeah. The first version of that song is nice, a nice song, very heartfelt, very emotional song. And then Faraz Anwar comes on their other album and he redoes that song for them. And the amount, the type of guitars he adds and just changes the whole emotion of the song is just intense. I mean, this Collage album just sounded like Faraz just came in and just erupted. Was Faraz on Khamokis album? That was yeah, more. Was he it? was. That was, him, was right? in that album. Yeah, so. That, yeah. That, that's a beautiful, beautiful album. The whole the whole collage thing. All right, so who else came out of that? Um, so for me, generation? we got Aro, we got Nuri, we got uh, Mikhail Hassan, Fusion. We mentioned Call already. Which One I thing about Nuri, Nuri is a great sing-along Jen. band. Yes. Okay, they're, they're a sing-along band. I was going to ask is that, like, I, I do think Nuri is one of those bands where, like, if you were just, like, to get like hanging out like you know over that's what we do at an evening the reality is we kind of all just jam out we, we just open right? the session more often than not we, we, we just open the session with Manor and whenever we're hanging out together yeah. with family or friends you know well, what do we, yeah, we sing Manor exactly that's it'll just come up and because everybody does boy song yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, because everybody knows it, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, it is a very poppy sort of sound, but it's 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 enough where you can like still leave with your dignity intact yeah. and be like, okay, that's. Uh, cool. People love it. It's a crowd yeah. pleaser. It definitely is. You play that in any crowd, and they're just gonna be like, please do it again. Please do it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I heard once actually like a friend told me that her sister came in. To that song when she was a bride at her wedding. As a, as a yeah, walk-in as song? A, as a walk-in song. As a bridal walk-in. Yeah, that's a weird thing. <laughs> it just sounds nice. That's, that's just a lack of like knowledge of the language. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, do you know what the song is about? Yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> okay, so now what happens with um, all these been. bands? They come in, they start breaking up. Within the matter of what five or six years, because boom, now we have Coke Studio, and according to you, that really killed the whole band culture. It did. It did. And really, no new bands came out of doing the Coke Studio. I think band culture was already dead before Coke Studio came. I think Coke Studio probably. uh, You know, I actually had a vacuum. I was gonna mention this in the previous episode, but I actually think it was a number of factors that actually contributed to. the, the death of the band culture. For one thing, the security situation across Pakistan mm. was really deteriorating, right? So you it's couldn't true. have these like outside venues all the time with like young kids just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on top of it, sort of like culturally, religiously, things were kind of getting more and more conservative. And then on top of it, then you had this like whole studio project, which I don't think was made with the intention of killing the band culture. But if you don't give exposure to these bands who are, and these bands have always existed. It's not like from 2006 to 2000, you know, 15, there were no bands in Lahore and Karachi and Islamabad and just, no, you know, you whatever. Them, they like, just were in our cup of tea. No, like, I, I think, I think it was just, they were not like, given the commercial opportunities that I think previous Well, a lot of them were in metal. Given. Right. No, that was more indie, like poor rich boy and those guys. Yeah. So another, I want to I backtrack a little bit. A special shout out because a lot of the Pakistanis in the West here in America, they tried, I mean, along with us as well, to uh, create bands and become part of that band scene. A lot of them were fresh transplants from Pakistan. So a special <laughs> shout out to Oprah. They had oh, yeah. they, these Momo. guys were from Houston. Was Momo part of Oprah? Momo was Oprah. Okay, and then Momo had a second band from Texas again. Modge. Uh, Modge. And Modge was Khush Femi. That was, you know, yes. 2005, 2004 along there. Khush Femi made it to Spotify. Yeah, and then uh, there was another band called Shore. Uh, I don't Dallas. know what the makeup, makeup of that band was, but I know they had two, uh, like one or two Pakistani guys and one or two American guys. So, mm. you know, La Pila De Saki, that was one of their popular yeah, songs. Yeah, that was very, a couple of good songs. Very funky song, you know. So we tried here too, you know, <laughs> just try to get part no, of it. No, LA has a band history, by the way, Pakistani bands. We and we're we're part of it. I mean, a lot of people do know Project 26 around yeah. here. Remember Nasal? Nasal was the, Nasal. the guys from the Valley. And then Ken Amta, a uh, uh, guy from Huntington Beach. What's the band? That was Hamad's band. No, no, Hamad. Not Nasir. Sil Jive. Sil Jive, though, that was... Yeah, and then Y2K. Y2K, that guy. Yeah. So mid, like late, uh, <laughs> did not age well at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, they were amazing though. They were. They had a really good sound. They had a really good. They sound. had a really good singer too. Because that guy was a metal guitarist from like yeah. he had the Guns N' Roses thing going on. Yeah. And he was just he would play so freely like he's just riffing all over the place. Right. Yeah. No, but I guess going back to Nuri, they kind of matured significantly in Cook Studio, and I know we're kind of like bagging on how they destroyed band culture or whatever. Maybe I think band culture had already been on its downfall. I mean, so remember Cook Studio. It was six seasons of Royal Hayat before they started letting strings and other bands like and Nuri, like have right? more say, more say right. At the Drive same it. time, they contemporize a lot of various different Sufi songs and a lot of different classics yes. that necessarily people in younger generations didn't have that much of an attachment to. Right for myself, like I knew um, a lot of these songs, having heard you know in my childhood, because uh, parents would listen to it or they would end up on movies or shows or something like that. 
but then like you said the contemporary version of it then it kind of revitalized that a lot of people were getting back into folk songs Sami Meriwar you know that Junoon actually yeah. mm-hmm. Husnawano solo is inspired by Sami Meriwar Ekalith with Sainz Ahur right um, you have Oravini uh, Vanho which was really great yeah. because Ali Hamza was singing in baritone but then he has his mom coming on a Sagarvina right which is just really amazing because you start to see. The By the way, that's the only female instrumentalist ever on Cook's. She's the only individual who can. Other than play uh, that Zayn Benyash's uh, oh, really? partner. Oh, really? Well, they play banjo and yeah, guitar right? and stuff. Yeah, ha- Hania yeah. played guitar uh, and Baby Sanam and other things like that. But uh, I think just look if you look at how Nuri kind of grew through Coke Studio, you can see a great deal of maturation that takes place over the course of their involvement in that mm-hmm. project. Um, which is really great because now you can see some of the biggest classics that they've been involved with sometimes I guess within the latter years it's taken more of a pop trajectory with like um, and other things like that but yeah. we have them really kind of involved in like really perfecting a lot of fusion sounds with um, uh, Bada Chanade and a bunch of other things of that nature but you know that seems more like Ali Hamza's uh, it's got Ali Hamza's name that, written that, all over it you know, the uh, Ajare Mori it's Nuri, but you know he the dri- the driving force, and yeah. I think you can see a distinction. Like you know, Junoon, uh, there is a very towards the end of their run, there's a huge distinction and a dividing line between what Salman Ahmed is writing and what Ali Azmat is writing, right? Oh, you yeah. think Salman Ahmed would write a song like Papuya? No, he will not. No, nope. right? or Ta- Tara Jala, he will not. Right, right. That, that, those are Ali Azmat songs. You know yeah. it. You don't you don't even have to read the label. Yeah. You know that that that's that's the label. And same thing with Nuri. Like there's uh, Ali Nuri writes a certain type of song, and Ali Hamza mm-hmm. has a certain type of thing. And you know what? It all comes yeah. together, and that's where we see that. But Ali Hamza is so brilliant at writing uh, folk songs that you would think he's like seventy years old, and he's yeah. been doing it for like fifty five years or something. You know. It's amazing. I mean, it's a musical family, so their mother is, you know, the female instrument on the instrumentalist on that very specific instrument. So it's not like these guys just came up like we did. Our parents weren't into music; we just kind of learned on our own. But these guys, Hamad can speak to that. His mother, his mother's an excellent singer, and she's a little well known as well. So you know, you come from a musical family; you kind of have that upbringing that you can you can get to that level faster. Jafar Zaidi's mother is Nayira Nuri. Oh, is she? Yeah. Really, I did not know that. Wow, because yeah, Jaffer's freaking amazing. Dude. Yeah, very, very incredible. Talented. Very talented. His yeah. brother actually, he had a music video out about a song that he did too. A lot of people don't know about it. It was brilliant too. I forget the name of it. Hmm. All right. They've definitely come a long way since... And that's the beauty of like following an artist yeah. over a span of like 20 years. Yeah. Right? Honestly, that, like, listen to the Beatles earlier material. Oh, yeah. Look at the lyrics. You're like, what the hell is this? Okay, <laughs> you know, if, an, if Nuri kept making those songs... For the last 20 years, you everybody would have been burned out by it. They're like, it's the same album over and over again. Right. So you have to appreciate that an artist can evolve and they can create. But we also grew I, up with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was 17 or 18 when that song came to out. To be honest. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was down with it. Yeah, of course. At that age. I mean, I love that whole yeah. album. To be honest, I have a certain level of admiration and respect of, for artists who just come and do whatever the hell they want. As opposed to try to pigeon them, themselves into something that you know, would fly or work. Janae Jamshed used to be really conscious about what's going to work and what's not. Just, if it was up to Janae Jamshed, Hamtum album would not even have happened. That was right. So, Are you saying that you're a right, Nickelback yeah. fan because they just make the same thing over and over again? <laughs> I, can, I can respect them, admire them for it and not listen so to them here, at the same here's, time. Here's one thing that I was thinking about is that... Um, you know, we have this second wave that you, that we're calling it here with bands like Nuri and, and you know, Mizrab and this. But at the same time, older bands were reinventing themselves too. Okay, and, and the one yeah. to highlight is Karma. 
Oh yeah, right. Karaman. Right. I mean, listen to their original sound and listen to what happened in the early 2000s, and it's a completely different band. The when the Gardish album came out, mm-hmm. I mean, that album is just unique and it does not sound like Karaman at all. Frankly, I I didn't know it was Karaman until I'm like, wow, this is the same band, you know, from from earlier. So that's Prince. an interesting take because we took we talked about Faraz being you know transgenerational. Is that safe? What kind of word is that? Yes. Never mind. So. Karwan. <laughs> yes, that's a word. Ali Kazi, yes. that's a word. It's in the dictionary. Look it up. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> but Karwan, then you can put them in the same bucket because going from their uh, second album to their third album, which was Gurdish, yeah. Gurdish is deep, it's it's hard hitting, and it's haunting, and it's got everything you want in a Generation 2 album. Yep. So, wow. Yeah, so they they re- and strings to an extent, I, I would say they reinvented maybe in in the quality of sound, but not in the um, in the type of sound. Well, it's strings mm-hmm. to be honest, they they tried being a little bit more Bollywood because Dhani right. album came out yeah. and they had just come back from India. And they did have a lot of success in India. They got the Spider Man movie. They got that. Yep. Uh, and you know that song that Najani Kyun. That we, was. We know exactly what you're about to say. They made that song for the children of Iraq when yes. the Iraq yeah. war when, when the U.S. was attacking Iraq. That that's what they made it. And then I don't know. I don't want to say that they're sellouts, but India, Sony India came knocking. They're like, we want the song for India Spider Man yeah. release. Like here you go. <laughs> but you know, to feel good about something, uh, out of all the Indian artists, they picked the strings. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, I mean, well, definitely. And then they had that one song with. The, the Indian band they did a, a joint song uh, Euphoria think, Euphoria was an a, amazing band which I think is a separate fascinating discussion maybe we could just end on this but this, this sort of question that we throw out there um, is that why in Pakistan in particular is the sound of this like rock or like rock pop whatever you want to call it the alternative sort of mix why is it so prevalent and, and, and been so successful um, in terms of quality I mean pure quality in terms and, of musicianship and not, and like not been successful across the border in India. And I think a lot of this with, with culture, with sort of like the political history, um, with the exposure. Well, have you guys heard of Indian bands? I have a theory. I mean, my theory is Sneak basically... Preview, not the whole thing. Huh? Sneak preview, not the whole thing. Oh, yeah, basically. Uh, so, I mean, the, the disintegration of the Pakistani movie industry of Lollywood, I think mm-hmm. was actually a massive blessing in disguise. Because we started to see it was like headed on the way down, like in the mid '80s or whatever, maybe. And you start I to like see that. I like that. This vacuum of like music uh, of what is artistry going to look like and so forth. And on the other side of the same exactly. coin is that Indian film industry is so strong, so dominant that yeah. you know even brilliant musicians, the only way for them to be successful is to be part of that industry. Yeah, because I mean, it's almost like there was a particular sound that was imbued into the culture there, and, take a, take and a, that was their identity. Take Arijit Singh for example. You know, he's mm-hmm. a popular Bollywood singer. Uh, but he's a musician. When he plays live, he has a guitar in his hand. He's, he's playing right. along. Where do you think Sonu Nigam comes from? Yeah, Sonu Nigam. These are Sonu yeah. had a pop hit. Absolutely. It's just That's right. the playback singing environment is the only one in yeah. which you can be a massive success. And I've actually yeah. heard that he used to listen to Janine Jim Shay. I mean, Who? All of them, uh, you're kidding me, really? Yeah. I've had Indian friends that talk to me about Janay Jimshed having like the most beautiful voices ever, you know. So, yeah, so I mean, to, to end it, I guess, one thing, thing, thing that's really nice to see on Coke Studio and Pepsi and stuff is uh, Indian fans. And they're, they're coming on, they're like, they're really appreciative that a scene like this exists. Absolutely. You know, yeah. the same language, same culture. You go to the uh, YouTube culture. comments of any of the videos. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're it's actually always, these like, it's always praise. It's they're always actually praise. these like cute Punjabi couples that I like watch and they'll like have like a review show <laughs> oh, together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like after oh. they watch like an episode. I like to and see they'll, like, they'll like review it together and I don't understand half the things that they're saying because it's, it's all like Punjabi and I'm just like, ah. but it's really cute. It's really, really adorable <laughs> to see that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Much Peace and respect. blessings from across the border and across all borders. Uh, let's wrap it up here. Uh, 
Uh, my name is Adi Kazi, and my co-host Hamad Alam, and we got Mr. Omer Kazi and Zawar Jafri here. And uh, so long, everybody. Khuda Hafiz. Khuda Hafiz. Khuda Hafiz. Khuda Hafiz. <laughs> That's going to be our signature movie.